0: this is Becca and I'm Sherry. Welcome to the truth to freedom podcast, where we're going to cover the topic of parental rights, human rights, and religious freedom. Enjoy the show. Well, we are just a couple of weeks away from our second freedom revival in the heartland. We are so excited about what is going to be happening. We just anticipate great things. We think God's going to do some awesome stuff. So, for this episode, we are going to take some time to go back and listen to what Del Big Tree had to share with us last year in the Freedom Revival 2020. And we're also excited to announce that Del Big Tree is also planning on being back this year. We'll talk more about that after this.
1: I think it's really important that we all take a moment to recognize something we have taken for granted for almost every year of our lives until this year. We need to turn to one another and recognize we are standing here without masks, without being locked down. So celebrate each other right now. Turn to each other and say, thank you for standing up for freedom with me so that we're not alone. You've done this. You did it. I want to thank the fire marshals and those that have been walking around for allowing this to take place. Recognizing the power of the Constitution of the United States of America. Our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights. Thank you for honoring that today and making sure we're all safe. It's going to take all of us, standing together. It's going to take the police departments, the fire departments, senators, congressmen, everybody, doctors, scientists. It's going to take all of us growing up and doing that thing that was always hard our entire lives, admitting that we were wrong. That's what we're watching right now. It's an incredible event. I'm watching football with empty stadiums and baseball with empty stadiums. Hearing professional athletes say, I'm risking my life out here playing sports for you. (laughs) And I wonder, how do we back away from this? Are we ever going to hear them say, geez, sorry, we made a big mistake. We really overplayed our hand here. I don't know that we'll hear it from the people that matter, but your voices, your families, your decisions, you are the ones that are going to have to write the history that our children and our children's children read, or this lie will continue till the end of time. I want to thank you all for being here to join me in that mission. All right, you can sit down. You know, they, I was supposed to talk, you know, I, was, I think I was going to be in a panel, and then I'm speaking later at the rally, and then everything starts getting changed up, and I'm reflecting back to Robert Kennedy sitting with me backstage a few hours ago saying, are you speaking twice, Del? I was like, I don't think so. I think I'm on the panel, I'm speaking. He's like, I'm speaking twice. Like, why am I the only one speaking twice? <laughs> so Bobby, I don't know what you did, but now you're making me speak twice, which <clears throat> I'm not good at. You know, they're like, you know, save the big stuff for later. I was like, I'm Del Tree. I have one gear, fifth gear nitrous the whole time. I don't know how to hold it back. So I wanted to just sort of share with you just a couple of stories because we're going to fill some time here so we can all get the sun to drop down so we can get to this incredible film that Andy's made. But... A couple of stories it's really weird uh, to be me in at this time and I'm just gonna give you a sense or try to give you a sense of what this is like first of all many of you know I started out as an Emmy award-winning medical producer of one of the biggest medical talk shows in the world and then I take this incredible journey with Andy And then I become, I I think, was king of the anti-vaxxers, is what one headline read. And you start reading. I have to say that this has been a really short period of time. I was nobody four years ago. And now everywhere I go, airports, things like that, people are stopping me. And you read headlines, you know, world's leading anti-vaxxer or Del Bigtree is going to kill children. So let me just tell you, because I was really obsessed with this actually, living in Hollywood and growing up around that. And I was an actor as a kid, and I sort of played around with those things, and I wanted to be a Hollywood filmmaker for some time, which led me into all of these things. But I was always wondering what is it like, that celebrity? What is it like to be that person that gets recognized, or when they're standing in the aisle at the grocery store and they're reading that headline, what does that feel like? And I can honestly tell you, it's completely surreal. It's, you know, when I got involved with this, and Andy, you know, warned me, and Polly warned me, they're like, You're, there's gonna be a lot of attack, and they're, they're going to come after you. I was like, no, I, I know. But you really, you can't prepare yourself for what it is going to be like to actually be like Dr. Evil to some people. Thank God I think the larger audience and all of you have shared so much love and energy throughout this experience. That's all I really focus on, but when you read an article that says that Del Bigtree is spreading misinformation that's going to get people killed, Del Bigtree is the reason for the measles outbreak in New York. I mean, they literally said that. I was in Rockland County talking to the press, and they say, you know you are responsible for this measles outbreak here? I said, come again? They said, you personally are responsible. How do you feel about that? I said, well, let's just break, can we just break that down for a second? Because I'm a journalist too. Let's take this, let's just, let me just ride this out. So you're saying that because the Hasidic Jewish community here is not vaccinating, that that's my fault. I'm pretty sure that starts with Moses who didn't vaccinate to begin with, okay? I think that's what they're really relating to, the idea that they are designed and created in the image and likeness of God. But let's put that aside. How about this? What is the age group of the people that are getting measles infections at these outbreaks and all around the world? Because unless they are three years old or younger, I have nothing to do with that. You can't even put that on me because I've only been talking about this for three years. And I'm pretty sure this outbreak is half adults. Which leads to another problem. Your vaccine program is a total and complete failure. It's wearing off on adults all around the world. How old are the children that are getting sick, that are getting measles? Oh, and by the way, they're getting it on purpose. It's the first epidemic I've ever seen where everybody was rushing into it. And by the way, I have news for people in New York that said, You know, a 1,000 children got the measles. It was thousands of children. They just didn't tell you as they were having measles parties all over New York. So I get to be interviewed a lot now. I am that anti-vaxxer guy. When they want the anti-vaccine position on the COVID-19 vaccine, I get that call now, and it's a lot of fun. And it's one of the things that I really think when I first got involved with this movement and we were traveling with Vaxxed, the idea was don't talk to the press. They're just going to change your words. They're going to manipulate this discussion. And that really was something that Andy and I sat. We strategized a lot. The truth was our plan was to be attacked. I still come from an old school idea, which is there's no such thing as bad press. That's something that the world has actually forgot. I think it's why Donald Trump won the election, to everyone's <laughs> surprise. You see, it doesn't matter if you're being negative or positive, if it's all you are talking about, we win. And so that's where I've been. I will take any interview at any time, and I have a lot of fun doing it. When you know, a journalist from New York Times or Washington Post contacts me, I always start off and just say, look, you and I know that you're going to try and write a hit piece about me and this movement and our perspective of vaccines. Well, I'm, I'm not it's, like, it's okay. I'm, I'm not even looking for excuses. Just know that I know what you're doing here. And I want you to ask yourself, why does someone like me do this interview? What do you think I'm doing here? What do you think, why do you think Bobby Kennedy does this interview with you? Why is he talking to you? Do you think that he suddenly went from being the world's greatest environmentalist and he just lost his mind and decided to destroy his life and his career to talk about vaccines? Well, I can't really talk about Bobby Kennedy's you know, intentions or yours. So no, I don't understand that. But do you ever ask yourself that question? I mean, you're a journalist. What kind of questions are you asking yourself? And recently I was talking to this New York Times reporter, And she said, well, you know, the consensus of science says that vaccines are safe. Of course, this is a couple months ago, right before COVID-19 was really deeply in the throes and we weren't talking about the vaccine the way we are now. And I said that consensus of science thing. I said, yeah, that's where you and I separate as journalists. See, I don't care about consensus. In fact, I know for a fact that science is the one place that consensus has never mattered. There is not a single evolution in science or medicine that happened because the consensus, the body of science, all decided at the same time, oops, we got this wrong, let's change this. It's always one doctor, one scientist, one team that steps up and says, we've discovered a serious problem, or we have a new perspective that we want the world to see. And almost every time, they come under attack. So your idea that the scientific consensus is supposed to matter to me, truth matters to me. And as a journalist, there's a serious difference. I said, I don't care what the experts say. I can report on it. That'd be easy. If my job was the job you think you have at the New York Times was to simply ask an expert what their opinion is and then write what their opinion was and I'm done with my job, man, you must have, like, what, a 9 to 2 in the afternoon job? That must be really cushy because that's not what I think journalism is. I said to her on the phone, you know, I know for a fact you don't do this the way I do this. She says, what do you mean? I said, I read the studies. That's the difference. You see, when an expert says to me, vaccines are safe and effective, or vaccines don't cause autism, or the MMR doesn't cause autism, or the DTAP doesn't cause autism, or the hepatitis B doesn't cause multiple sclerosis, I say, great, that's your expert opinion. Would you please point me to the science you're referencing? They usually say, what? No, I want to see the actual studies that you read that brought you to this conclusion. Well, there's thousands of studies. Sure, great. It should be easy then to find a couple. I'm just asking for a few. And I said to the New York Times reporter, you see, the difference between me and you is you have never read the science. You only take experts' opinions. And by the way, I know you're not researching how much funding they get from pharma, or anything that's behind why they're saying what they're saying, or some drug that they're making, or a vaccine that they have in development. You don't seem to care about the conflicts of interest, but most importantly, you just don't read the sciences. She said, well, you know, that's awfully presumptive of you, Dell, to make an assumption that I don't read science. I said, it has nothing to do with presumption. I know for a fact you don't read the science. Because we've been talking for about 20 minutes, and I can tell you're intelligent enough to understand the science. And if you'd read it, you'd be on my side. I said, you see, the problem with the news is you're all owned by your sponsors, you're owned by your dream and the vaccine idea, it's totally noble to want to have a product that can just eradicate illness and has no side effects, but it's complete lunacy to believe that that can be achieved, as Andy pointed out, without any safety studies without any liability, with zero market force, against the one industry that has paid out billions and billions of dollars for murdering innocent people. So no, I don't give them a pass, because they're experts that told us that OxyContin is safe and non-habit for me, are telling me now that vaccines are safe. I don't give them a pass when Johnson & Johnson, who has a COVID-19 vaccine in development right now, is being arrested and having to pay out billions of dollars for lying about baby powder because they knew it had asbestos for 50 years. Or Johnson & Johnson, directly involved in the poppy trades and pushing Oxycontin all over the world. Or Merck and viox They gave tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people heart attacks And when we finally sued, we find out they knew it always caused heart attacks. So you keep listening to the experts there at the New York Times, and I will hold you personally responsible for the death and injury to hundreds of thousands of American citizens and citizens around the world. I know there's those of you out there saying, "Dell, that's probably not the best approach to to talking reporter on our topic. But I've given up trying to sync sound bites, which I would have taught all of you to do a few years ago. Just stick to a few sound bites so that they can only write those sound bites and they can't manipulate what you say. I've given up on that. I'm making it a personal personal mission to try and wake up any reporter that decides to talk to me. And so at a certain point, as I'm on the middle of this rant talking to the New York Times, she says, well, you're right, I haven't read any of the studies. I said, I just told you why I knew that, but I'm glad you're finally admitting it. And then I get like one sentence in the paper. A few weeks ago, I got an interview. I'm on the phone. A lot of times I drive and get these interviews out of the way. Uh, And it's this this young guy who's been hired by the the writers of Vanity Fair and everything to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and whether Del Beatry would take the vaccine or not. (laughs) And so I am on the phone with this guy for an hour. I mean, an hour. He keeps asking me and talking about all all these different approaches. I hear him trying to angle his question. And he has this phrase he uses. He keeps saying, I'm still a little bit confused. I'm still a little bit confused. So are you saying that the COVID-19 vaccine will never work? Well, let me explain. And then I would go on. As you know, I do. I have a really hard time making my answers short. We're about an hour into the conversation, and I really, i got to get home to my family. I'm parked on the street. I'm about to lose signal if I go to my house. And he says again, I'm still a little bit confused. I said, can we be honest here? I think I'm pretty good at making my point. In fact, a lot of people listen to me. I think I'm able to boil things down in a way that it can be understood. And you sound like a pretty smart guy, so I don't think you're confused about what I'm saying about the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine, why I think rushing and science make up the most dangerous sentence that has ever been spoken and has ever been a headline in any paper in the world, what you're confused about is that you have been hired to interview Del Bigtree and get at least one soundbite where he sounds like a raving lunatic. I said, trust me, I've worked for Dr. Phil. I know what that job is. I said, so let's just take a moment. Here's what I want to recommend to you, because I've had your job, and I don't want to see you lose your job. I want you to take a minute and really think about everything that I've said. Don't keep talking, sit back, and think of the perfect question that can back me into a corner where I finally have to say something that sounds radical and crazy. And you know what he said? All right, give me a minute. (laughs) True story. And when I finally read it in the paper, it wasn't radical or crazy. You see, the world is changing. It's changing in such a beautiful and powerful way because we are no longer afraid to tell the truth. Earlier today, someone said, that's right. Someone saying there's a radio station that may want to listen in, bring them in. Let's have this conversation. Let any radio station, any news station, any reporter in the world listen to what Robert Kennedy Jr. has to say. Let them ask Andy Wakefield any question they can think of. You see, this is what is changing it. This is what has got them terrified because we are not afraid in the least. We are inviting this conversation. We are inviting this battle. We are ready to stand toe-to-toe in any situation there is. Sure, we're arrogant. Sure, we're confident. But it doesn't matter if I'm in a poker tournament, sitting across from Phil Ivy. I just got dropped a royal straight flush to the ace of spades. I'm looking at our hand. We cannot lose, period. We are not the ones lying, period. We are not the ones trying to duct tape your face so you can't speak because we have nothing to say. We cannot have the conversation because they've lied. We are not on that team. We are on the side of the team that made everything possible, that made us what we are. We are on the team that made this earth and made this air and made those trees so they keep cleaning our air. That's whose team we are on. Go ahead and try to fight us. Go ahead and try and convince the world. But the light is shining down. It is giving us vitamin D so that our immune systems are absolutely immaculate. And we are breathing in this beautiful, clean air as we were meant to. And you will never create a constitution. You will never write a law that takes this air from our mouths over our dead bodies. Will that happen? We are sharing the truth. We are sharing the light. We are God's people. And let it be known, we will not be silenced. I'll talk to you all later.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to Dell Bigtree from last year's Freedom Revival. If you are interested in attending this year's Freedom Revival, just go to our website, kshf.org forward slash Freedom Revival. All of the details will be there, as well as a button to click to go and buy tickets. We hope you can make it. It's going to be an exciting event. We look forward to seeing you there. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be used as medical advice, but rather a launching point of information to help you be informed and make informed decisions. Every person is different and has unique needs and should consult with their healthcare provider for medical advice. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of Kansans for Health Freedom.